0: Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I always am and accused of being to have Miss Erica Jacobs on the show today. How are you doing, Erica?
1: Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. You and I have hung out off and on periodically over the years, some snowboard adventures, some mutual friends, and I knew you always did this super cool thing, which was 100% skate club. But I know a little bit about it, but I'm going to pretend I know nothing, which is really easy for me. I will just come on and be curious. So let's just start right from the top. If we were jumping in the old elevator and we had so many floors to go, hey, Erica, what's 100% skate club? Give us a quick little rundown and let's kind of pick up the story from there.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, 100% Skate Club is the not-for-profit group that I started to bring the skateboard community together, specifically geared towards women, girls, and non-binary folks to provide a comfortable space for them to recreate on their boards um, in this beautiful city and province that we live in. So yeah, it was kind of my brainchild. I just um, had been in the skateboard scene for a long time and found myself really just skating around with dudes all the time, and I thought, where the hell are the women? They've got to be out there somewhere, and really one day, I just decided to start a group and see if there were other people out there that wanted to skate with me, and eight years has gone by, and here we are still building community.
0: Fantastic. So eight eight years ago you started, was, was this you and a couple of like-minded friends sitting around kind of having beers going, Hey, we should do something. Or was this purely you? And then you started recruiting people. I'm always so curious. It's it's always, you know, you see these movements that are eight years old and you go, wow. But somewhere somebody started with a grassroots, well, you know what, this is a crazy idea. We should just do it kind of thing. So curious from that perspective of like eight years ago, how did that, like, how did it, how did that spark get lit? Mm.
1: Yeah, great question. I was sitting on the board at CASE. So CASE is the Calgary Association for Skateboard Enthusiasts. And I was just um, just a board member who showed up. I, I didn't have an active role. Um, they were really organizing a lot of great things in the city. Um, shout out to CASE because they were the ones who created the um, skateboard amenities uh, platform that they presented to the city, which then got funding for all these new skateboard parks that we have oh, and that that still is you know in the works today um so on that board i felt that i didn't really like fit in like i was looking where my uh skills could be best utilized and i just kind of thought man there's no representation it's just me like Where's the voice for women? And collectively at that time, um, my friend had a skateboard company called Art School. And years ago, he said, you should be our team manager. And I was like, what's a team manager? Um, And he's (laughs) like, you'll be great at it. Essentially, it's a babysitter for boys who skateboard. (laughs) So for five years, uh, for five awesome years, I was the team manager for Art School Skateboards. Um, which, yeah, is a company in Calgary that put art on boards, and we had a team, and I would travel around the province of Alberta with this, like, really sweet, awesome skate team exclusively made of dudes. So I sat on this board with only dudes, and I was the team manager of a skateboard company with only dudes, and I just was missing that piece within me that said there's got to be people like me out here that are skateboarding. Where are they? You know, do they exist? And, um, you know, let's try to create a group where we get together and we, you know, collectively, um, get rad together on our skateboards. So it was those two catalysts that, that I thought I need more women. I need, I need more of my kind in skateboarding. (laughs) So
0: I really appreciate the, the, in life, you can often be moving away from something or towards something else. Everything I'm hearing you say is you're moving towards more inclusivity, more women. Were you, was there any form of discrimination? Was there any form of like, why is there a chick here? Like any of that kind of bullshit? Like, was that a factor or was this more you trying not to like get away from that versus going, Hey, you know what? There just feels like there's an empty space here that someone needs to fill. Just curious how much was that balance between what you were creating versus what you were kind of maybe, was there any negatives or stuff that you were like, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit? It.
1: <laughs> Thankfully no negatives. Yeah, That's Calgary awesome has a super strong skateboard community and it is growing stronger and stronger every year. My 100% Skate Club is one of many not-for-profits in the city. So there is really good things going on out there. Um and I'm just one piece of that. So That's yeah, awesome. nothing there was no catalyst of like an incident that, you know, made me need to like have a voice. It was more the void it was, it was more the, that I I feel like they're out there, but we, I just don't know where they are. And I, (laughs) yeah, like I kind of was like, you know, if you build it, they'll come. Like if I, if I start saying, Hey, I am one female and I want to skate every Wednesday. And if you are out there and you, you know, are a a woman, girl, female, non-identifying, and you want to come skate with me, like, let's do this together. So that first session, there was eight, And then every session after that, it just keeps growing. So um, Skate Club this year is 62 members strong. Um, And we could be more, but we kind of capped it as we think that's really as far as our resources can take us. Um, But yeah, every year, just growth after growth. And I heard from a friend who has the shop called Shreds in Cochrane that uh, they said, um, women's skateboarding was the fastest growing sport last year.
0: Oh, that's is amazing. My, here. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, mind blowing awesome. to me. You
0: know, you think <laughs> that's so cool.
1: You know, for someone who's been skateboarding for 22 years and it's been really been uncool for a very long time to think that, uh, well, I'm just always delighted when parents, um, moms, and dads are encouraging their girls to come skateboard. You know, I'm like, yeah. they they, they, they get it
0: (laughs) they get it i love what you say and i and i love that answer because it could have gone either way but no there was no real negative it wasn't it was not discriminatory in that way i just felt like there was an opportunity Uh, I'm thinking that maybe unifying, skateboarding has always been a bit of a counterculture type community. It's always been like, oh, look at that. I remember when I started longboarding and I get these dirty looks, but I was like 35. I'm like, why are you giving me a dirty look? I'm just a guy longboarding, but all of a sudden, oh, I'm the skateboarder. That's what I got as a feeling and that's my loose association to it. Talk to me when you were younger and the role that like you said, 22 years. How, how did you get into it how, what role did it play in your life was it a confidence builder like let's go way back on the journey when you get on that when you got on that board for the first time like what role did it play in your life
1: Wow. Thinking back to the first time I got on a skateboard, it was definitely my cousin's skateboard in Edmonton. And I fell really hard. And I think I wasn't (laughs) even supposed to touch his skateboard. Like he was like, don't touch my skateboard. And I did. And I because I fell so hard, I couldn't tell anybody that I was like hurt. And so I sucked up my pride and I just kind of walked away bruised. Um, then the second time I tried skateboarding, (laughs) uh, it was in Red Deer and, uh, some of my buddies had a skateboard and we were trying to ollie on the street over, over a two by four, you know? And that was like the first trick that I remember us trying to do was, you know, ollie a two by four and I was never successful, but I, it was better than my first experience. Um, and then after that, um, really I got into snowboarding And snowboarding became, like, the most awesome thing that I'd ever done. And my goal was just to be on the mountains and snowboard and, like, be the best snowboarder I could be. So after, you know, a couple years of really dedicating myself to snowboarding, I met a friend um, who had an old skateboard and they gave it to me. And they're like, okay, snow's melted, Erica, you should start skateboarding. And I was like, yeah, this is just like snowboarding on the street. Like I'm going to translate these skills from my board on the mountain to my board on the street. And I'm just going to be a better snowboarder next season. So uh, there I was 20 and I took the insurance off my truck and I just started skateboarding to work every day. And I loved That's amazing. it. amazing.
0: I think there's a is it called Bussin' is it called bussing down the door? I'm trying to think of the 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 skateboard movie out of Venice Beach, where there's a crew of guys and a couple of girls, but they were looking to do. They're like, man, we go surfing all the time, but now we need to like, it's just surfing on the street. And like, I remember watching that movie years and years ago. We used to play in the lobby at our office, actually, which now feels like forever, forever ago. And that was kind of like their version of was surfing to skateboarding, and yours was snowboarding to skateboarding. That's awesome. I wondered which came first, the chicken or the egg, in that situation.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I feel like I just became a better snowboarder, period. End of story. Like I they translated so well. And then um, you know, I saw, like I, I remember, and you you even remember me, Tyler, back in the day, snowboarding wasn't cool either. You know, like No, that
0: was also, you're destroying the hill, you snowboarders ruining everything. Yes, just, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like your,
1: your jumps and you want to put rails on, like what? And then, <laughs> um, totally. yeah, we just, we weren't really wanted on the ski hill back then. And, and being a, a woman snowboarder back then, it was pretty rare. Like anytime I saw another woman on a snowboard, I just wanted to be her friend, you know? Like I was like, oh, they're the coolest person. Like I just really want to go and introduce myself to them and, you know, ask them where they come from and what, what are they, where are they riding and can I join them? And, and then, uh, you know, then snowboarding became cool. And as this was happening, you know, I was still skateboarding and I was thinking, you know, one day skateboarding is going to be cool. Like one day people are going to understand why we do this and like how fun it is. And, you know, it's, dangerous and you can express yourself and it's fast. And, you know, there's so many different ways to skateboard. Um, and people are finally going to get it, you know, and it's great to see that they're getting it. It's funny though. I'm also like counterculture as well. So now that it's cool, I'll probably be like, I don't want to skateboard anymore.
0: The real question is what's next, but we won't answer that. We'll make people wait till the end. If we so what, what's the thing that's going to be the next? So, sixty-two members. Talk to me about age, because I'm hearing confidence building. I'm hearing personal expression. I'm hearing being part of something in a sense of community. What's the age range? You know, and you talked about moms and dads like putting their girls and supporting them to go out and, and, and skate. What do you see signing up, and what gets you the most excited as well?
1: Yeah. So from the beginning, it was really like kind of this group of kind of like 20, 30 year olds. And then we got some younger kids. This was like season one. And I remember we had this young girl and she was only like eight and she was really good. And she had a friend, her friend was 10 while well, her friend went on to be in this last Olympics and got 10th place in women's half pipe, Brooke to haunt our local. She was, Oh, our that's youngest. awesome. So you, you, yeah. you got a
0: local, you got a local, like awesome success story. That's killer. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then, um, Marlene showed up at the first session so Marlene was in her mid 50s she'd skateboarded in the 70s she had a longboard and she just really was drawn to the sport so I mean in that first year we had from age eight to like 55 and that's pretty much been the range like um, we've definitely had some four-year-olds and I think we even have a 60-year-old this year um, so yeah it's it's really for everybody. Um, However, you know, the more padded up you are, the the more success you're going to have long-term as a skateboarder. So get all the pads, get all the safety equipment, like don't cut any corners there or else you won't last in skateboarding.
0: Okay. Uh, so you beat me to my next question for the mom and dad that are listening and their daughter's yeah. like, I want to get a skateboard safety gear, safety gear, safety gear. I heard you like, which sometimes is uncool, but I think gear is becoming a little bit more cool. Like almost not wearing a helmet is weird now where 10 years ago, that was a different dynamic. Or certainly when I grew up, it was, it always was more like, Oh, why are you wearing gear? Well, now I'm like, why aren't you wearing gear? What's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> yeah, truly. Like w- you and I, when we learned to ride our bikes, we didn't have helmets no. and then we became adults and we're like, we don't I basically need wasn't, helmets. I was I'm wearing an shorts
0: and I wasn't even wearing shoes at the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I had a few bad wipeouts, but probably a bit gear would have helped a lot
1: <laughs> yeah for sure um, we encourage and you know if you're under 18 you have to wear a helmet at skate club um, but yeah elbow pads knee pads wrist guards even hip pads all those are just really helpful with learning um, you know when you get good at skateboarding, you can go fast. When you go fast, you'll actually roll over cracks and roll over rocks. When you're going slow in the beginning, every rock and every crack will yeah. knock you on your ass. <laughs> so, yeah, just having all the pads um, is crucial um, to any mom who wants to skateboard, but certainly gearing up their kids for you know years of success with skateboarding.
0: Uh, How about cost? Like, you know, I'm going to equip my kid. I've got tons of buddies that have and and moms, moms, buddies, being guys, gals uh, with kids in hockey and it costs a fortune. And then even getting your kids into skiing and snowboarding costs a fortune. Where skateboarding sit in that? Does it feel like, again, you start adding up all the gear. I'm assuming it is a bit spendy, but that's a factor for people when it comes to inclusivity in sports. Sports aren't free, unfortunately. And I think that keeps a lot of people out is is skateboarding a sport where you see there's an opportunity to pick up an old board and kind of get out there. to remove that cost barrier?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that skateboarding is excellent for people who can't afford mainstream sports that do require a lot of funding to even get you access to the sport. So yeah, you can grab an old deck. It seems like people show up and they're like, it's my brother's old board. It's my neighbor's old board. It's my cousin's old nice. board. It's just an old board I found on a garage sale. Um, you can use some pretty primitive equipment um and then once you get going and you get rolling then you know you can upgrade and like a simple upgrade could just be new bearings. You know in the wheels like the bearings are shot, yeah. they're rusted, they're old, the wheels aren't spinning that much, you know so a new pack of bearings can cost you 20 bucks and now you've got speed working on your favor again with every push you're just going to roll a little bit further. Um yeah. but yeah, a skateboard itself isn't that expensive. Uh, to buy like a complete deck, which comes with the wheels, the bearings, the trucks and the board and the grip tape, basically everything you need to get going. You know, those are 120 to maybe 160 bucks on the high end. Hmm. Okay. So that would be a board. But I mean, I think if you're, if you take good care of that board, it could last you years, really. And then the pads, you can buy a pack of pads where you get the elbow, the knee, Um, maybe a hundred bucks get the wrist guards maybe you already have some of those from rollerblading or whatever else Mm -hmm. Um, and then your helmet I mean use your bike helmet like there there's ways to get around it you don't need a helmet specific for skateboarding chances are everybody's got a helmet out there I I you know it's funny you bring up the helmet because I was resistant to helmets at one time I have one helmet it does everything I bike in it I skateboard in it I snowboard in it one helmet
0: yeah. that's awesome and yes i think there was a time being older and the age that maybe we are around about there was a time what helmet why who would wear a helmet until that first day i crashed snowboarding and literally it's the first time i saw tweety birds above my head i'm like i have never snowboarded without a helmet since man i not walked my I'm like i always thought that was just in cartoons until i was like oh all day i was a little bit out of it <laughs> the stars are real yeah, yeah
1: they are absolutely <laughs> real and <laughs> i've worn a
0: helmet ever since
1: <laughs> concussion so stars yeah
0: yeah ugh, yes head trauma is a real thing um mm-hmm. So a couple hundred bucks, two, three hundred bucks, just for the fun of it, just for the sake of picking a number, we can yeah. get into it. And it's free to to go. Like I can, like you talked about the the installments and the, the sort of the installations that the city's put in. I don't have to pay to go there, do I? Like I can just show up. I'm asking all the questions because I want somebody who's listening to this to kind of walk away going, okay, there's no barrier for me to get involved in this sport if I want to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Free public skate parks. You just show up. You might have to pay for parking at a few of them, but
0: Fair that'd enough. be about yeah. it.
1: You just show up and it's free and they're basically open 24 hours. Um, yeah, no, do so it. Super, super um, you can get lessons though. Like, I do recommend getting some lessons. i sure you can learn anything on YouTube and just teach yourself in your own garage and your driveway, you know, push around your neighborhood, challenge yourself, try to make it to the grocery store. But yeah, if you want to go to a skateboard park, um, they're free. Um, there is lessons at the compound. Um, there's a couple other new skateboard parks open in the city. Um, they have lessons on their website. You can probably just search like indoor skateboard parks. And then uh, to join 100%, only for the last two years, we've charged $50 to be a member. So $50 okay. gets you like either a T-shirt or a pair of socks. And then you get the mentorship that we provide and yeah you get five months of skateboarding uh with us for 50 bucks um
0: so. that's awesome and that's to come to your events so um, what do you guys do not to ask that to get into the deals, but what do you guys do with that money is it like to hold the events is it to get more get the word out i'm assuming that also trying to get more people to even know that this is an option is a big part of what you guys do
1: yeah totally um i've ran skate club on a shoestring budget for the past five years um then I won a grant through Arterix, which was the Problem Solver Grant. Oh, amazing. And Artarix kindly gave me $3,000. So with the $3,000, I incorporated Skate Club as a not-for-profit. And that money went into, you know, getting our first banking fees up and going. And, you know, every year we uh, made stickers. And stickers cost was about 300 bucks, And I just paid out of pocket. Like, you know, it's my my project. So I'm willing to invest in it. So, you know, that year we made t-shirts. It was like our biggest budget thing that we did, you know? So we have this little honey pot of money left over from our Arcteryx. And then the last two years that we've uh, charged the $50, um, it's helped to replenish the honey pot because now we have full insurance coverage through Skateboard Canada. So Skateboard Canada, when they were making up their uh, Canadian Olympic team, decided to become a not-for-profit as well. And they um, really, we communicate a lot with them, and they encouraged us to get insurance under their umbrella. So um, any clubs that are really well-established in Canada have got this... um, um, liability insurance coverage and that is now our biggest expense so the money really is going each member we pay for insurance for and that's why 62 is our number because we only pay for 62 insurances this year i so. understand
0: Ah, interesting okay so that, there's always a factor that's playing into it but yeah. you're providing a layer of security and people are getting you're you're limiting you're, you're balancing out the liability with the experience that's mm-hmm. just how it goes
1: mm-hmm. and that only makes sense really for any sport out there right and if you if you want to be le- legitimate and legitimate your sport I think it's important to to cover all aspects of being a you know a, a not-for-profit in the sporting world and you know lastly what our community is asking for is for more um kind of like coaching we don't like using the word coaching because we don't have any formal life formalized coaching mm. through skateboarding um, it's coming it's definitely in the works They're, they've got the kind of lesson plans that are coming but just like snowboarding back in the day there was no coaching level one two three yeah. until it became popular enough that people were like hey we need to develop a coaching plan so skateboarding that coaching plan is being developed so we say we mentor so we don't specifically coach any kids how to skateboard, but we mentor them. And really the mentorship goes beyond physical skateboarding. It's also, um, you know, leadership mentoring and just social mentoring and um, uh the extra money I would like to, you know, give perks to these lovely mentors. So this year we have a mentorship team of 10. And these are really cool individuals that are volunteering their time. Um, So, you know, as a thank you to them, I'd like to be able to reward them with small things like, hey, you know, here's a gift card for some new shoes. Hey, here's a, you know, let's go out for lunch and talk about, you know, how our mentorship program is going. So. Yeah, those are the things. It's pretty small.
0: <laughs> no, it's awesome though, but it's from the heart and it's all about community and it's about having impact. So talk to me a little bit about eight years. You know, if I think back eight years, I was that was a few people ago for me. That was a few personalities. So when you think about yourself and and we'll touch on a little bit, obviously this isn't your full-time gig. You are a professional and and living a busy life. But I'm curious just the impact that this has had on you starting this off as an idea with eight people growing it to 62 but over the last eight years I'm assuming you've evolved and you've learned lessons from this and you've had it impact like when you provide things for others it's amazing how it comes back tenfold to you so I'm just curious for your own journey what do you walk away with every day from this and obviously you've kept it going you've been passionate about it but I can only imagine that you've grown and evolved even as yourself and this has probably played a huge factor again I'm I'm, I'm projecting a little bit on what I can only imagine and the fact that I, that I do know you uh, how's the journey Journey been and what have you kind of taken away and lessons learned over the years?
1: It's been the most incredible journey, I must say. It's far exceeded all of my expectations. From that mere longing to skateboard with other like-minded individuals, um, it's gone far beyond that. So that what I've learned about myself, um, what I've learned about you know the people that I engage with and the impact that I am actually having it's all been really um really incredible and it keeps me going so you know that that first session that I had uh it snowed that day and I remember driving to the park thinking this is so stupid like what am I doing like I had all this doubt and I thought no one's gonna show up this is so dumb. And, um, the Metro newspaper reached out and said, Hey, we hear you started a girl's skate club. And I was like, I haven't even had a session yet. So I felt all this pressure. Um, but really what that should have done was foreshadowed that there was a need always there. And there was opportunity. um, because as soon as it started, it never stopped. So, the continuous growth year after year keeps reminding me that like that I'm supposed to be on this journey, you know, and I'm supposed to be, you know, this role model for skateboarding. Uh, I never expected any of that. Um, I, I, do kind of say that I'm like one person in skate club, but everybody has the opportunity to be a leader within our community. So I don't want to always be the leader and I don't want to be the leader forever. I I truly think that everybody can contribute to skate club um, and let their own personal attributes shine. And I I kind of, you know, sometimes had these moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting in all this effort? And then I think of like how much I've learned and how much impact it's had on my life. You know, there was a time where I wouldn't even tell people I skateboarded, um, especially not in my profession, which is the dental profession, because people just thought that I was like, I've lost my mind. They're like, why you skateboard? Like, who are you? Like as though I was an alien from outer space.
0: So <laughs> it's, it's only skateboarding folks. It's only skateboarding. Yeah. But they're like, no, you're,
1: you're a woman and you're cleaning my teeth right now. You can't possibly skateboard. Like this is so asinine. So I, I would just wouldn't tell people. And, and I, you know, funny Tyler, I used to also say that I skied because I didn't want the stigma of snowboarding. Because as soon as you say like, oh, I'm a snowboarder, oh, and I skateboard, people automatically stigmatize you as like this or that. So I would be like, oh, yeah, I ski, you know. I still say I ski sometimes just because it's easier to say, but um, the –
0: Get out of here. You're one of the most rad snowboarders I know. Don't ever say you ski, (laughs) even though I wish to say I know some (laughs) super rad skiers, but – you snowboard with the best of them, my friend. Anyways, I'm like, what? Get out of here. Uh, like, and, and again, no, no criticism of skiers. My wife is a fantastic skier and she will ski me under the table any day of the week. And I followed you through the woods on a snowboard. It is no small feat to keep up to you, my friend.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so wish, but but, but I, 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 I appreciate that dichotomy and I, I, that balance of kind of the labels and the story that society tells, which could totally be absolutely mean nothing. But if it's the story you tell, you get painted with that. And that can really be shitty for a lot of people.
1: Well, just like you on your longboard, you know, you were just innocently trying to try- do a new sport, and it was the looks—not even that anybody had to see anything. It was the looks. You, fe- people, you felt. You felt right? it. You did feel it. Yeah. And I was so, a grown, I was
0: a grown ass person, like yeah. trying to learn. As my, I bought a longboard in a parking lot and went in a parking lot out in Canmore to just like learn how to longboard. And of course, I'm super self conscious. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm getting these snide looks. I'm like, it kind of made me want to do it more. Actually, it kind of the the rebel in me came up really quick. So I'm like, oh, I get how this relationship is supposed to go. I'm a bad guy or a bad person. And I'm like, what? Anyways, sorry. I'm going back to a an experience I hadn't thought about for a while.
1: <laughs> you know, um, I'm not that great of a skateboarder. But um, I think where I shine is bringing people together. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not out there being the raddest person. I'm out there being one of the safest people. Um, You know, I in my 20s was certainly trying to skate super hard, learn new tricks every day, push myself competing in my 20s. You know, I qualified for nationals three years in a row, broke my wrist, had two wrist surgeries. And now I'm like. I'm a dental hygienist and I have this broken wrist. (laughs) Like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) And that's kind of the time where I thought maybe I should take more of an administrative role. Like, maybe. And so art school, the team manager sitting on the board. I actually did three festivals through the city where I organized skateboard events at Millennium Park that had um, graffiti art and like, um, spoken word and like, uh, break dancing and stuff. And those were kind of things where I thought, okay, maybe I'm not meant to be like the raddest skateboarder, but skateboarding is meant to be in my life, you know, and I'm there, there's definitely like a purpose for me to be on my skateboard. Um, so after eight years of doing this, I think it's those, those young people that i have impacted, you know, or even the people older than me, like just the impact that I've made and, um, you know, there's now skateboard groups in Strathmore and in Red Deer and in Banff and in Medicine Hat and they're they've and in Edmonton and they've all started because of us. You know, they all That's cool. reached out and they said hey, Erica, like, how did you do this? And I was like, just do it. (laughs) You know, just start it and do it. And you'll see. If you build it, they
0: will come. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, now there's these other amazing groups all across Canada that are just like me, one person wanting to contribute and wanting to create, you know, something cool where women and girls can come together and skateboard and feel safe and feel accepted. And, um, you know, just, yeah, be a, be a community. So
0: i love how you you know hey maybe maybe i had to change my relationship to it from like i'm doing a hit the raddest trick and i'm gonna break my wrist over and over and that's okay versus wait a second i need to know that this will be part of my life and that's a hard transition for a lot of us in life in general of like hey you know what maybe this version of this isn't right for me anymore but it doesn't mean there's no version and i and i do appreciate that that can be challenging for for some of us to give up those things i'm curious and this is just my own kind of harebrained question. I've known you for quite a few years, and you've evolved your career from a hygienist to now working in in professional sales in the dental industry. A lot of transition like that can be challenging. It can be hard. And whether that was for you or not, I'm not sure. But I was really curious, and what I'm more after here is to have this such a strong sense of purpose in your life that was a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of dedication to have that reward while also still, you're still professional. You're still pivoting your life and your career. How did those two things balance out? Like, Did one... Make life more shiny when maybe the other was challenging, and vice versa. Like so many people, are like oh, I don't have time to get involved in stuff like that. I'm really busy with my career. Everybody's busy, <laughs> but I've seen you juggle those two things. I was really curious about like such a powerful sense of purpose over here with the skateboarding community. Did that have an over or a spillover effect into your professional career as you transitioned and kind of evolved and, and changed the role you played while still being in the dental space? And I'm I'm grasping here, but I'm just curious how those two played with each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the catalyst that got me away from being a dental hygienist was skateboarding. So I was skateboarding with the case guys um, in a ramp in in my buddy's garage and I sprained my thumb. And when I did it, I was like, fuck, that was bad. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. I, I felt the ligament tear, you know, in my thumb. And I was like, shit,
0: that is a key I gotta, factor. For I got to go to work this
1: tomorrow, you know?
0: Okay. Mm.
1: And. I mean everything does happen for a reason i truly believe that and so in that moment when i sprained my thumb i thought what are my goals in life <laughs> you yep. know am i career driven or am i um, sport driven or am i both right because i don't want to give up my sport and i don't want to give up my career so what am i going to do right like what are my other options it's funny that skateboarding actually won, I think, in my scenario because now I get to skateboard all the time, obviously at a different level. My thumb is healed. I'm sure I sprained it another time and had this <laughs> orthopedic splint and had time off work. But I thought, okay, if I can't physically be a dental hygienist because I'm always going to do sport, what are my other options? And then sales just seemed to be a natural um, evolution to my dental career. And it's really interesting that, you know, you kind of mentioned, um, how did they coincide? And I put on my resume on my sales resume that I had a not-for-profit skateboarding club that I was the founder of. And that was one of the things that got me the interview. So here I thought, That's awesome! We, I love it. If, I love it. If, so good. <laughs> if we, cause you know what, the owner of the company, was, um, a man who was very, um, sports orientated. He loves sports. So he saw me as this girl doing this skateboard club and he was very interested. So, um, yeah, it's funny that I wouldn't tell people that I was a skater for fear of stigma. Now, fast forward, it's getting me entries into new career moves because people are recognizing that, um, It is is a side job. It is another job. It's a passion. And I think if people are passionate about things, maybe they'll also be passionate about, you know, sales or passionate about the product that they're speaking about or, you know, just passionate about dentistry, which I am. Like we could do an entire podcast on teeth next, Tyler. (laughs) And I would talk to you for hours about teeth
0: for sure. (laughs) I know that to be true about you. Uh, I love it. Is, there's such a lesson in there about, did you wrestle with putting that on your resume or was that a point in your life where you're like, no, no, this is part of who I am and I'm putting it out there.
1: Mm-hmm. It was at the bottom for sure. Like it okay. was after education came um, hobbies and activities. That, that I little section on says
0: it. hobbies and yeah. interests at the bottom or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I thought, yeah, I'm going to put that in there and kind of throw, throw out that, lob that into the universe and see what happens. And I truly believe that even the second job that I've now transitioned to, even they wanted to know about my skateboarding. They wanted to know about a hundred percent they wanted to know, um, you know, why I do it and, and what makes, you know, I guess it's just a, it's a great story and it makes me different. Um, I think about the girls out there that are skateboarding. Like you said, eight years, I've seen a lot of changes. Some come from a couple seasons and they leave, you know, and you don't see them again. I wonder, I wonder what happened to them. I hope I run into them on the street one day. And I do, I do see them out on the street later. And I'm like, how are you? Oh my gosh, like, tell me what's going on in your life. And I think, you know, for that moment, I made an impact on them. For that moment, you know, they said, hey, I was a skater with hundred percent You know, and I made new friends or I tried or, you know what, I didn't like it. And I changed and I transitioned to something different. But for me, even if they only skated for a season, I still take it as a win. You know, like even if they don't come back, I'm still like, you know what, I planted the seed for that skater. And, you know, for like future skaters down the road. um, So many times I get these parents saying, you know, they were always interested in skateboarding, but it was never really accessible when they were younger. And now it is accessible for their kids. And so the parents are like, yeah, like I I want my daughter to skateboard because I always found skateboarding super interesting. And then what I have, Tyler, is I have the mom sitting and watching for a season. And then the next season, they just buy a board and buy pads and they join in. So we have these like mom Mm -hmm. and daughter crews. I can name five that the parents were watching. And then they were like, fuck it. I'm just going to join in. This looks way too fun. It's way too inclusive. It's, you know, just a really great space to be a part of, and yeah, I love the mom and daughter cruise.
0: Well, you keep you create room. Like being getting into anything new is scary because you always oh, I'm going to look bad or this is going to happen. And very few of us are like I couldn't care less. I'm just going to go do it. I don't care how I look. It's nice to say that, but I think for a lot of people, there's that little inner voice that's like, oh, you're you're not going to do good, or you're going to hurt yourself, or there's the story like the old good Fred Flintstone on one shoulder and bad on the other. There's always that little voice just telling you that maybe you shouldn't. But there's nothing more powerful than seeing someone else do something. Going, hey that person can do it, I can do it. And I love that you've created that in that way. Curious question, like women and girls and going, I want people, women and girls and non binaries that's something that's evolved through the last eight years or for right out of the gate? Just thinking how the world has changed in the last eight years and even the lingo and the things that we now need, we now go out of our way to identify that are important. They were different eight years ago. Has that been an evolution for you as well? Just thinking about exclusivity and, inc- sorry, inclusivity and how far you can actually take that in today's vernacular.
1: Yeah, certainly, um, from the beginning at the first session, um, we've had a strong LGBTQ2S plus, um, uh, members. So that was always in there. It just never maybe fully made it into like our title originally. It was just a hundred percent skate club. That was it. It was like, yes, we ended up being, you know, exclusively two women and girls um, but there was certainly always um, a strong influence of people that we were being inclusive to, and then I realized, hey, like we actually have to start um, explaining that you know we we are inclusive, and you know we are available for the non-binary um, people to join us, um, and yeah, we've we've had um, excellent um, growth throughout the years. Um, And now we include pronouns um, in our introductions and we made these like ID cards and you have your pronouns on your ID cards. And yeah, I think it's just a really great way of engaging um, everybody within our community, Um, because I did read that if you include pronouns, for um, youth and young adolescents, um, that simple recognition can uh, decrease their chances of uh, suicide by like it was a lot like by twenty five percent or something. It mm-hmm. was huge, and I thought, wow, such a small change. Right, that som- something so
0: e- something so easy to do. There's really no yeah, acknowledging to somebody's
1: pronouns and then mm-hmm. you know will make them feel included. So. Yeah, at the beginning of our sessions, we um, we go around and we always say something about ourselves. I think that's always made us slightly unique, too, is that you, you introduce yourself and you say something about yourself. And it's so small because we just keep it, you know, we're like a group of 30 standing there. And we're ready to go skate. And so we just are like, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite band? What's your favorite movie? Favorite pizza? You know, and say your pronouns. And then we go skate. So
0: with putting with with being so inclusive that way which i which i love how much of a factor do you observe people that have joined that also now are being are being st- are stretched in their own beliefs because now they're going to be skating with people from all different walks of life from all different uh denominations uh, binary not binary, everything that goes on there must be some you must watch it how much do you actively engage in that or how much does it just find its way because you're all there to share this experience of skating together
1: I encourage, yeah, like I really do want um, non-binary and, you know, trans people to be actively involved with Skate Club. And so really trying to encourage like leadership roles within, yeah, within mm. Skate Club. Um, there is lots of opportunity um, for growth in so many aspects of Skate Club that it really just takes an individual that is given the opportunity and then they they want to you know, participate in in whatever way they can. Again, like they can become their own leader and create their own sort of like platform, whether it be artistically or musically or through mentoring or through teaching or through sitting on our board or um, through maybe, you know, even starting a different chapter of skate club that we can just help, Mm. you know, um, nurture that uh, relationship and, you know, nurture that getting off its feet. So, yeah, there, there is so much opportunity. And really, again, within Calgary, we have the skate bats. They're a not-for-profit. They are a skateboarding community for the blind and deaf. Super cool, amazing. If you see them at Millennium Park, they put colored tape down on the concrete, and that allows the visually impaired skaters to, like, drop into the big ramps and skate up and over the bowls, um, because they're just using their resources to allow them to – yeah, enter the sport, and so yeah, Skate Fats, totally awesome. Academy, they reach um, marginalized youth, um, offer programs um, like access to skateboarding for uh, newly landed immigrants. Um, so Academy's super great. They're right here in Calgary dropping In is really um, an excellent community. It's a BIPOC community focused, and they're just a group of uh, younger skaters. They're doing art. They're making clothing. Super cool. And um, Cousins is... Um, the Indigenous group, and they're doing amazing things, and they're starting to see lots of um, movement across Canada, where I think they're really planting the seed for more activity within the Indigenous community across Canada, so I couldn't be more proud of them as well. So. And then, and then there's even like other groups that I'm missing, I'm sure, you know, some church focused groups, that's called the inside. And yeah, all these groups are actually always going in Calgary. So if you have any interest in skateboarding, there's probably a group that already exists for you. And if there isn't, make one. <laughs>
0: I love it there's room uh, it's,
1: there's- it's,
0: it's it's so interesting from the outside to just not know and and when you don't know you don't know and you, you don't even realize you don't know to hear so much specificity in so many groups that probably similar to yours there was people saw a need they felt a passion they felt a drive to do it and they created it where there was a need and a community filled in around it I think that's pretty amazing and I love something about doing it with skateboarding just I don't know it's just, just it's it's cool I don't know you said it earlier you gotta be so okay million dollar question What what what's, what's, what's it's not cool now. That might be cool in the future. If we look out there, like, you know, in uh, rollerblading, that kind of not so cool anymore. I don't know. Like is skateboarding becoming too mainstream to be counterculture anymore? I don't know. What do you, what do you see out there on the horizon of super rad sports?
1: <laughs> Good question, Tyler. Oh. <laughs> if you don't
0: have an answer, that's okay. Cause I certainly don't either.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's up and coming Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I TBD, think TBD
0: TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, well, we live in a world where if you can dream it, you can do it. There's no limitations, technology, gear, like, man, it's out of control right now. I Someone got one. Thinks, uh, what do you got, what <laughs> parkour, do you
1: got? Parkour biking.
0: Parkour biking, okay, yeah, I've seen maybe a few YouTube videos of guys, yeah, that's a whole, yeah, guys and gals, but it tends to be guys I see throwing themselves up buildings. so far, so far. <laughs> yeah,
1: parkour biking, that'll be crazy. But I mean, you know, all these <laughs> things were extreme sports back then Because they seemed so extreme in the '80s, right? And now, you know, BMXing was on there, and now they're really just kind of more mainstream sports. So maybe they'll be, yeah, more. I don't know. Never. I'd love to get that flying Go skateboard ahead. those flying skateboards we gotta get some of those out
0: there in the world oh the hoverboard for sure because yeah. the, the shit you can do on a hoverboard come on we all watch <laughs> Back <laughs> to the Future but yeah I know what. it's amazing our ability to keep pushing the levels of extreme of like kind of what was extreme at, back in the 80s is now just mainstream and you do it down the street from your house at the pump track or at the skateboard at the skateboard club or whatever the case may be but uh, Eric I love our conversation like I said someone I know and I've got to know you so much better and really understand I know that I've always seen your passion from the outside I've always been curious to 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 learn a little bit more. So where does it go from here? You've hit 62 members. It feels like you're just scratching the surface, even though you've been on this journey for eight years of where it could go. From your perspective, where do you see the next the next few years for people that are listening?
1: I never wanted my own personal hey, come here. Sorry, we've got a dog in the room. No problem. Okay, Dolly, you're not part of this podcast.
0: Real life shows up.
1: Sorry, I didn't know.
0: Come on. <laughs> that's all right. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate real life.
1: Get out of here. Someone didn't get the memo. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the on-air light was not on outside of your <laughs> podcast studio. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little cameo from Dolly barked in there.
0: That, that's okay. That's, that's that's okay. I love real life.
1: <laughs> um. The future is, is strong, for sure, and it has a, it's a very bright future, for sure, especially now with um, skateboarders embracing inclusivity. Because I do think that if we rewound 40 years ago, it would have only been male skateboarding. And mm-hmm. then a few women sprinkled in there, and they did an amazing job, and they are really the... Um, you know, my hat goes off to them for the struggle that they would have had back then and how they really set the stage and set the bar super high for the future of women's skateboarding. For myself personally, um, I think that after a couple more years, I'll probably step down as the leader of this club. So my goal is to mentor the other up and coming leaders um, to take an active role in creating you know the next future for 100 mm-hmm. percent. so um my co-founder marlene she's going to retire at the end of this year and i would love to see skate club go for its 10 year anniversary and i think after 10 years i would like to you know gracefully step aside and still support its growth but hand it off to the younger generation you know by then i'll be 45 years old and not that cool anymore. <laughs> so no. I might
0: as well. I don't. Hey, from what I hear, age is not a barrier to cool, nor is it a barrier to skateboarding. So I'm going to call you on that one. I disagree.
1: Um, but I would love to see fall in the hands of the 20 and 30 year olds that really can, you know, take. you know, take skateboarding and make it their own personal, um, you know, endeavors and and maybe career. Like one thing I never thought was that a woman could have a career in skateboarding. And in the last few years, it's apparent that you actually can have a career in skateboarding. So if I could pass off this little not-for-profit to someone who's you know, responsible and love skateboarding as much as I do, and really wants to continue the growth of this, you know, wonderful community, I I would love to, you know, pass off that to them, to the new generation, um, and let them fly with it and make it their own thing. Um, Yeah, and then I'll just yeah. Skateboard
0: into the sunset or, <laughs> nice, or join,
1: join you maybe mountain biking. Let's go mountain biking. There's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: There is no limit to cool things to do. So yeah. 100, the number 100%, the word skateclub.ca is your website. You guys have a lot of great information on there. You get a great site. It's easy to navigate. If somebody wants to reach out, get a hold of you, have a chat with yourself or sorry, uh, Marlene is your, is your co-founder. What's the best way for anybody to chat with you guys or to get connected? Mm.
1: Yeah, I think it would be through email, actually. I think that uh, email is the best way to get a hold of us. So it's 100%, you have to spell out percent, skateclub at gmail.com.
0: Uh, am- amazing. Well,
1: yeah, they don't to- allow like the percent symbol on email. No, so I know they don't, but you have to be <laughs> very, very
0: little. Well, we'll put the links in the in, in the episode for anybody to check out for sure. But thank you so much for doing like what a cool project. And it's so good to, you know, again, always knowing this thing that you that you did or that you're involved in, but to hear the story and more importantly, to hear the heart and to hear how much of a role it's played in your life and then consequently in the life of so many others. So good. Keep up the good work and congratulations. What an amazing story. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tyler. I really enjoyed sharing it with you.